You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Shy Sox Weekly, episode 20, presented to you by White Sox Nation and Wegern Enterprises. I'm John Suarez, joined with you always by my co-host, Tony Marchese. Tony, how you doing today, man? John, I got a pizza right in the oven right now. It's cooking up. I've got the uh, the DiGiorno pan that the, uh, the listeners voted on today. Uh, I'm cooking that up. I'm excited to have you back in the uh, in studio with me. Uh, John, it's going to be a good one. We've got a loaded show tonight. Episode 20, how are you? I'm doing all right, Tony. Um, I kind of took a couple days off from watching White Sox baseball, so I kind of missed the mist of the September call-ups. So I'm seeing a couple fresh names here and there for this Detroit series, which is kind of when I started tuning back in. Um, we do have a lot to get to tonight, like you stated. We do have a guest joining us later on. We're going to have Herb Lawrence from 670 The Score joining us again for his second appearance on Shy Sox Weekly. And he's got... Uh, he's been going off on Twitter on some Twitter rants lately, so we're gonna let him air air it. Uh, Tony, we're gonna let him air it out. Yeah, we're gonna let him air it out. And John, he's not the only one that's going off on Twitter. There's been a lot of people who have been a little bit angry about some of this White Sox stuff over the past over the past week here with the September call-ups, and uh, that's because the Sox didn't call up Eloy Jimenez. And we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into a lot of things, but there's a lot of stuff that. Not only Herb wants to air out, I got a few things I want to air out tonight too. Uh, John, you also, the reason you were off and you were taking some time off, John, last week you got to go down and cover some Northwestern football. Uh, I don't know if anybody else saw your tweets, but you you tweeted up a storm that night. Sounds like you had a good time. Uh, Our guy, Clinton Cole, uh, hooked you up over there. Did you have a good time doing that, John? Yeah, that was a dream come true, man. That was a lot of fun watching the Cats go and extend that uh, nation's longest winning streak, nine games that they've won in a row. That was a lot of fun. Um, Clinton's a Purdue guy, and I'm a Northwestern guy, so obviously we've been kind of trash-talking a little bit leading up to that. So I'm 1-0 against Sox Twitter. I hope to do a full sweep across the board. Talking to you, Johnny Nani. Um, that's hey, when Johnny Northwestern kept, Johnny kept your Illinois. seat warm last week. Johnny kept your seat warm last week while you were he out. He did, so. and I appreciate it. I did listen to that episode. Um, it was a great episode, you guys. One thing I do want to talk about is when you kind of were going on about Carlos Rodon, I never jump ship on Carlos Rodon. I've always been a Rodon guy. I even texted you this, but I've never, ever once... Had lost my faith in Rodon. I always kind of looked at the age, kind of how we're doing with Mankata and stuff like that right now. I never once jumped ship on Rodon, so none of this is kind of a shock to me. Obviously, we drafted him in the top five for a reason. So, well, you yeah. know, you did text me as soon as you listened to that little segment, and I appreciate the text. I knew when we were recording that that I was going to get a text from you about Carlos Rodon, and uh, you didn't. You didn't fail there, so that's that's good. We're uh, we're happy that you you were listening to the episode, even though you weren't involved. Um, but yeah, uh, we're just glad to have you back, even though glad it was only back. a week. Um, yeah. What we didn't get to discuss because you were off is John. You and I actually got to go to another game together this year. We got to go to Copac Day together. We did get to go to Michael Copac's first start. We were talking about it on the last podcast that I was a part of. But we kind of impulsively bought tickets, or well, I impulsively bought tickets to Copac Day, and then Tony's wife just magically gets four fucking press box tickets, or not press box, sorry, press box seats. is still in my head from Club level seats team. with stadium clubs. Shout out to my wife for that, for making that happen. Literally, but shout out to you for telling me to buy the tickets and then getting free tickets literally an hour later. It was less than an hour later. Uh, it was about an hour after... That I finally got a hold of you. I was in a meeting. Um, yeah. But I literally walked outside to give you the call to say, we're going to Copac Day. This was at like, what, like probably 2 o'clock? It was afternoonish, yeah. It was afternoonish. It uh, and I told you, let's buy the tickets. And then literally get into a meeting about five minutes later. And then I get a text from my wife that says, 
I just got four four tickets with stadium club passes for tonight, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Um, <laughs> I just told John to buy some tickets, uh, but regardless, I think we had a pretty good time that night. It was a lot of fun. We had been running that contest out lately, or well, prior. Sorry, I'm watching um, the White Sox game right now, so I'm a little bit distraught. But that'll end here in about five minutes when the game's over. They got one yeah, out in the only, bottom of the ninth. Yeah. We'll- Matt Davidson's up right now. Yeah, but um, we did finally announce the winner of our contest. We didn't really tweet anything out about it. We kind of just did the Periscope and called it a day, which I was kind of thinking about today leading up to recording. I was like, we never – like if if they didn't watch that Periscope, nobody knows who won Actually, that contest. Actually, I did, I did tweet it. I you did tweet it? It, uh, it kind of got buried in the mess of Kopech day. Um, and I did I did do a little bit of an announcement on, on the last episode – uh, with Johnny right at the end that uh, at Dave uh, Dave Polina was the winner of that contest and uh, we're we're trying to work some scheduling out with Dave still uh, I believe the last thing that we left off with him was was potentially next week Dave Dave will be uh, on the air with us so um, yeah shout out Dave we're we're gonna get him on and uh, John I think you owe him a pennant as well we do. I do owe him a pennant. I just wanted everybody to know that we're not phonies, um, nor will we ever be phonies, and we are going to have Dave on. We actually, we actually went down and found Dave on. Kobe we did, um, which was kind of cool because we didn't know if he was going to even be there. We didn't even know who Dave was really, um, besides from 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 Twitter, obviously. But uh, just to for somebody to win and literally be, you know right underneath us when we did the periscope video that was pretty cool that was yeah i I, honestly it was funny because i think it was you said it like we were like oh so and so won and then we looked at his twitter and he literally had tweeted out a picture of him just like on the hundred level concourse and we're like oh the dude's here right now dm him well how many how many how many concourse level runs did we make that game uh, that that was kind of cool. We were we were all Multiple. over the ballpark that day. We were so I over. actually was gonna buy this like pennant up at the hundred level, and Tony's wife talked me out of it, and she was like, "You can get that on Amazon for like twenty bucks," which is a good call because I did look into it, and I could get it on Amazon for like twenty five dollars. Didn't pull the trigger on it yet, but I am going to. But anyways, long story short, I did buy a T-shirt. I always like to at least get something when I go to White Sox games. It's been a little bit harder this year with the amount of games that we've been going to so um but i did i got a nice like vintage um like socks like 83 socks t-shirt it's cool i'll wear it sometime at the game yeah uh, my wife has a very keen eye for knowing when and where to purchase things uh, it's kind of a skill that she has i don't have that i didn't hear her actually tell you not to buy that um because you were probably buying something that you probably shouldn't have been buying like more beer. Yeah, it was more beer. Um, <laughs> that's exactly probably what was going on at the time. Um, but uh, speaking of ball games and, and my wife, uh, we actually made it out to uh, the game on Saturday. Um, it's kind of a late Father's Day present for me, but she had pinpointed the Budweiser onesie giveaway day uh, earlier this year and bought tickets for the uh, for that game. Uh, uh, we had club level seats for for that on Saturday, and uh, got to see the Budweiser Clydesdales and got got myself a nice onesie. And I have to report back that that onesie, and I know White Sox Sale is gonna love this because he tweeted about it about 15 times, asking if anybody was gonna go get this. And hey, look, there goes overall guy. Looks like he's done for the day. Matt Davidson fought his ass off that at bat. Side note. Yeah, side note. Sorry, we got distracted because overall, I. I thought Ricky's boys don't quit. Why is overall guy leaving the stadium right now? He's leaving right now. He's leaving. Overall, oh guy's wait, trying wait, to wait, wait. He's still got the. He's still got the dumb. Oh, he's struggling. Overall, over. Overall, guy might not make it home tonight. <laughs> overall, guy's been overserved on whatever. Oh, he's that taking a seat. He's taking a right seat. Hand is. Oh, he's trying to get a better look. He's trying to get a better look. He's is he's, that in the five hundred level? Where is this dude? I have no idea. Um, some people might be very confused. Oh no, <laughs> he's got two lemonades. 
Dude, he's hammered. That looks like those are lemonade and vodkas. I think he just took two lemonade vodkas off of somebody else's seat because he didn't have those before. It looks like so he's he in the outfield. Like he's, he's definitely scavenging the outfield. For, like, for, souvenir cups. Well, no, it looks like he's scavenging for more drinks that he doesn't have to pay for because it's the ninth inning. Um, if anybody's very confused right now, that's because the White Sox are in the bottom of the ninth, and it's currently 11.30 at night, and there's about 20 people left in the stands, and there is a man that Chuck Garfine just interviewed maybe about two innings ago in overalls, and he's extremely hashtag 108-ed, and now he is dancing on the concourse. All right. Fuck yeah, dude. This guy's got it going on. Uh, so if he, he, he's been chanting, let's go White Sox all night. We have tweeted it from uh, the Shy Sox Weekly account page. Um, and you can get a look at him. He has probably been screaming, let's go White Sox for at least the last hour. Uh, but yeah, I have completely lost my train of thought at what was just going on with with overalls guy yeah i mean he's getting getting more screen time right now than long story short yeah that's what i was about to say is that nbc sports chicago has nothing better to fill the air with an 10 to bottom of the ninth game that their runtime on it is ridiculous it's 11 30 so they were not expecting this game to go on this late so they really kind of ran out of things to talk about and overall guy has been the point of interest for like the last third of the game that's and that's our guy, dude. We're, He's our guy. We're going to see if we can get him on the we're podcast. We're going to see if we can find out who this dude is. Yeah, that dude brings a lot of energy to any situation. He uh, said, yeah. what, what did he say? He was like, we're, we're from the, the south, south side, side of the of south, south side. side. Yep. And then he was like, uh, we want the Cubs this. next. And then he was like, yeah, he no, he was like, we want the Cubs next. We got these guys now. <laughs> down 10 to 1 when he said it <laughs> i was just dying yeah, i don't think he, he had no idea was. what was going on uh, i'm surprised that uh Cherizi and and uh my Sox summer if they and beef loaf if they read the game didn't go find this guy and bring him into the 108 and maybe so maybe that's the did. one that's thing that like that's the one downfall of like being at the games is you might not always know what's going on with the telecast like my buddy was telling me that he wanted to go, he was trying to get tickets to Hawks last broadcast, and I was like, dude, I want to be on my couch, like drinking beer, watching Hawks last broadcast. I don't want to be in the stands for Hawks last broadcast. I want to literally be listening to Hawks last broadcast. So that that brings me back to where I was before. Overall, guy just stole our show for for a few minutes there. Um, went to the game with my wife, and I, I'm gonna segue this into Hawk because. It was also Hawk Day this weekend. But at the game with my wife, went there, and I was a little disappointed. This is one of the things I want to air out. My wife actually pointed this out, too. Um, There were more Red Sox fans in the stadium on Labor Day weekend when the weather was pretty damn good. And it was kind of embarrassing to hear the Let's Go Red Sox chants louder than the Sox fans were cheering. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, John, but when I go to my home team's ballpark, I don't want to get out-cheered by opposing team's fans. I feel like I f- onesies di- onesie day they lost, right? Yeah, we lost, but this was like in the second so, inning. This is before things got completely got out of hand. Out of yeah. hand. I mean, I don't know. That's that's a thing that happens is, like, kind of people don't have energy when you're losing. But if you're not losing, I guess if you're saying it's, it was in the second inning, there's really no excuse for that. The only thing that I can think of is that the Red Sox are in first place in all of baseball right now, and they have the best record. So their f- fans tend to come out more when your team's playing better. Well, on that note, I'd just like to counterpoint that with if the Red Sox are in first place, the Sox have an awesome giveaway. It's Saturday night on Labor Day weekend, and nobody's buying tickets. The Sox were in the middle of their best stretch of baseball of the year. I mean, they had just taken series from the Yankees. Uh, they were, you know, they had won a game already against the Red Sox. The weather's good. 
like get out to the ballpark. I know this is one of the things that Johnny Nani always touches on all the time too, and and, and we've kind of echoed his message. Get out to the ballpark. Where was everybody? Why was the stadium half red all weekend? You know, it, it it's kind of sad to see that. And I, I don't like to harp on attendance. I know there's a lot of people who do get out to the ballpark, and, and most of our listeners do. But I mean, you don't like seeing that. I, I'm a little bit worried, and it, it always happens this way, uh, when the Sox play the Cubs. It, it's half blue there. You know, protect our home turf. I mean, this is this is something that's going to get a little bit better, I think, as the team gets better. But I just want to bring it up. I mean, it was kind of embarrassing to be sitting there uh, and, and listening to Let's Go Red Sox, you know, first, second inning of the game. And, you know, it's not even out of hand yet. Like, what – why aren't we cheering our guys? Why aren't we there, you know, supporting them? That's, you know, do you think Michael Kopech wants to come up and sit in the dugout and listen to Red Sox fans cheer at his, at, at the Sox home ballpark? Do you think that's enticing for him? I don't. You know, th- these guys see that stuff too. You know, people want to play for that. Who? What free agent wants to come sit here and listen to opposing teams' fans do that all the time? Now, I know the Red Sox are big. Their fans travel well. It's Labor Day weekend, all that jazz. But you know, just something to just kind of think about. That, yeah, that's one so, of my one of my grievances that I wanted to air. <laughs> we're gonna be airing a lot of grievances today for about the Chicago White Sox. Uh, yeah. We're not gonna be filing any grievances towards them though. No, but um, we might, we might know somebody who is filing a grievance. <laughs> So, yes, you did talk about Michael Kopech. Um, we are probably going to be pretty Michael Kopech heavy, considering that he's just kind of the hot topic of town right now. Um, Michael Kopech did pitch tonight. He got lit up for the first time, which well, obviously also- was going to happen. But there's obviously a couple stipulations to that. He got paused i believe there was a 28 minute rain delay after two innings of work where he had already he gave up one run he gave up that leadoff home run to uh jimer candelario i don't even i think that's how you say his name couldn't even tell you but uh yeah, yeah. i'm watching the replay right now yeah so kopech um got into a lot of trouble when he got into the fourth inning he gave up a leadoff i want to say it Single or double, and then he gave up a home run, and then he gave up back-to-back home runs, which was not fun to see. And then I think he got a strikeout and then gave up another home run. So he never really quite settled down. They ended up taking him out after one out in the top of the fourth. And it's just you expect him to get rattled. And you throw this, you actually, you throw this game away. you got to throw this game away. Yeah, I mean, exactly. This kid, Giolito said it yesterday. You watched it off in the shower. Well, let's not even bring up Giolito just yet. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm drunk enough to get into Giolito right now. Uh, you got to throw this game away for Kopech. You you pretty much have to throw away anything that he's done in Chicago so far. Um, I don't really count two inning starts where you go into a rain delay as any sort of significant showing of what a pitcher is going to be. Uh, at this rate, he may as well have come up in the bullpen. Um, and that's just bad luck. Uh, I'm not saying that he's a bullpen guy. I'm just saying that when you get short sample sizes of, you know, three and a third or two winning ball games of, of work from Michael Kopech, that's not what you're looking for. Uh, you're looking for him to go five, six, uh, maybe even seven innings in some of these. And I mean his his work has been significantly shortened uh, since he's come up to Chicago. I'm looking forward to seeing him go on the road uh, and and hopefully avoid some rain because at this point uh, I, I I don't know if you believe in curses, John, but uh, this this seems like a bad joke. Yeah, so we've been seeing there was a lot of funny. Uh, kind of tweet nuggets put out there, but like guaranteed rain field. I think Chuck Garfine said uh, people were saying like, when are you going to start printing the Michael Kopech Rain Man shirts? So it's funny, but it's not <laughs> because you want to see this kid build his confidence. He's only going to get so many chances at quality starts before the season's over. I think there's only 
what, 29 games left in the season now? I don't know. That number might be way off. There isn't a lot of games. So there's only, what, he's probably got five or six more opportunities as a start at a start, and that's not even considering that they might shut him down prior to the end of the season, which we don't know if the White Sox are going to do or not. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just more or less in, engaged right now on, on Twitter where I saw that uh, the Josh Nelson – uh, from Sox Machine just tweeted out the fact that uh, the Sox have now been eliminated from the postseason 10 years in a row, uh, and that was kind of just sobering to me. Um, Your heart sunk, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a whole decade. I was, at, I was at the last White Sox playoff game, and I was in either 8th or 7th grade. So that might even sober you up a little bit harder. I'm going to have to keep drinking. Um, <laughs> as this night goes on, um, we're only about 20 minutes into this and, uh, it's, it's already going on, uh, 1140. Um, but John, I wanted to, I wanted to continue that Hawk thought that you had, uh, just a little bit earlier. Um, I, I don't, I'm not sure if you caught it on Sunday. I know you, you normally work Sunday afternoons, but, uh, Hawk day, that was uh, that was something that I wanted to be glued to my TV for, and and you you brought up a really good point. I want nothing to do with being at the ballpark uh, on Hawks last day. I want to be like you said, watching TV glued to my TV. I would actually hope that we just let all the Cubs fans fill the stadium so everybody could watch Hawks last broadcast. Uh, that's a man that uh, deserves that kind of respect. Uh, whether you love him, hate him. Whether you can't stand him and, and put him on mute, uh, Hawk is a part of White Sox history. Hawk is an influential broadcaster. Most of his sayings are ingrained in not only baseball, but day-to-day language that people use all the time. Uh, just his, his sayings, everything that he's done uh, in his broadcast career has been very influential to not only other broadcasters but just uh i don't even know if you know this john when you play a when you play in the show mlb the show uh they they even have you can put it on the board yes um i mean it's it's everywhere hawk is everywhere he's going to be everywhere forever i mean he is now part of baseball history so whether you love him hate him uh what he's done for the White Sox in this game cannot be denied. His last broadcast, for those who for those who do love him, uh, it's a sad time for those that hate him. But watch it just to know that it's the last time you'll ever have to put up with it. Uh, you never know how many how many more times you'll get to hear he gone come out of Hawk's mouth. You never know what the last you can put it on the board will be. Um, I thought it would have been very cool if it was Eloy. But, uh, alas, it will not be. But we can, again, get into that a little bit later. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I, pretty broken up over the whole Hawk Harrelson leaving thing. Um, I hope that maybe there's a chance he calls a game or two next year. I think that would be kind of cool. We'll have to wait and see what the White Sox do with him as an ambassador. But, uh, yeah, I went out after Hawk Day. I bought his book. I know, John, you uh, you left your book uh, at one of the after parties from the uh, from the tailgates that happened earlier this year, but uh, I'm going to give that a read as soon as I get the chance, and uh, yeah. Yep, so we got a couple other things that we're going to want to talk about before we bring Herb Lawrence on from 6-7 in the score, like we said earlier. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about Wellington Castillo finally coming back from his 80-plus game suspension from the PEDs that he was caught for earlier in the year. Um, no regrets. No Castillo, regrets. Yeah, no regrets whatsoever. He still looks the exact same as he did before, very mediocre. And some might say he might have even <laughs> ruined Michael, Michael Kopech today. So let's touch base a little bit on that, Tony. Um, that angers me that they just kind of slotted him right back into that catcher one role when Omar Narvaez has been having like an outstanding breakout season. Omar's been quietly having a great year. Um, 
and I like what I see. I think that he can continue to do that. There's been no signs that you know he's getting really like lucky. Um, he's just a very under the radar, quiet success story of this season. Yes, Omar Narvaez has been killing it. But back to Wellington Castillo for you, because I know you you don't like this, and I want to know why why you're so mad that he's back. I just honestly, I figured it would have been one of those things where they could have just kept him kind of away from the club for the rest of the year. You didn't Not even like them, he's. You didn't no, expect them to bring to... their one free agent signing from last year back out. Their one free agent signing that's been slashing like 240 in his, I don't even know what his line is right now, but it's not pretty. While you have an in-house catcher that you've had in your squad for years that's like outperforming. See, that's the that's the one thing. It's like just because you're paying this dude more doesn't mean you should play him. These games don't matter if we win them or not, so why don't you give some other guy who could be a player of the future like you were expecting him to be, why don't you give him all the more of the opportunity to do it? I saw a stat today that said that like Omar Narvaez's um, war is like ninth among all major league catchers. That's pretty freaking good. It is, uh, and and there's no denying that. I think that uh, I think they want to see what Wellington can see can do, and maybe try and move him next year if they possibly can at the trade deadline or something like that. Get his money off the books. Uh, I don't think that keeping him away from the team really solves anything more than you're just paying a deadweight contract. So get the at-bats out of him. Keep Omar fresh. I'm kind of curious to see what they'll do down the stretch uh, between all three of the catchers that are currently on the roster. I mean, you still have to give some playing time to Smith. Uh, You've got to give playing time to Omar, obviously. And then, I mean, we'll we'll see what they do with Wellington. I mean, this is obviously early into... Uh, his comeback here, but I mean, I, I don't know what Ricky's going to do in that situation. That I wonder if he splits it evenly or if he kind of favors somebody. I, I I'm with you on that. I hope it's not Wellington. Yeah, so I think the, I mean the whole point of the Wellington Castillo signing was for to buy two years of development for Zach Collins and Sebi Zavala, and I think we talked about it earlier in the year. But I'm more so at the point where I think Omar Narvaez can fill up the developmental frame for Zach Collins or, or Sebi Zavala or both of them. Whoever sorry, Bert, whoever chooses to come up first, it doesn't really matter as long as Kevin Smith is nowhere near the White Sox in the near future. I can't watch Kevin fucking Smith anymore, dude. Oh, well, he's not terrible, but yeah, he's not he's not the answer at catcher long term. Um I think that might open up, you know, the ability for Rick Hunt to try and trade Wellington Castillo this this offseason if he can. Um, and that might be, like I said, one of the reasons why he's actually getting that playing time um, over Omar Narvaez. Or maybe maybe you trade one of the two. I, I don't know, but there's really no reason to carry both of those guys into next year with the assumption that one of either A, Sebi Zavala or Zach Collins comes up at some point next year, unless you're looking for the depth, but they've already got that. If you do keep a guy like Kevin Smith around uh, for emergency purposes like that, um, I mean, you can never really have too much depth, but I don't think they want to be paying that, that Wellington Castillo salary uh, at the current rate of what they're, what they're paying for, for a guy who doesn't really profile as your number one catcher. Not at all. So, I mean, yeah, the the White Sox kind of mapped out their plans at the beginning of the year where, you know, Avisel Garcia was hopefully going to be able to be flippable by the trade deadline. He got hurt. That screwed him over. Wellington Castillo was supposed to fill the catcher void that the White Sox have, like you kind of mentioned earlier, had he since A.J. Przinsky. Yeah, since A.J. Przinsky left, it, which they haven't really had, and he decides what... I mean, I'm glad that all that went down because I did not like Omar Narvaez prior to this season. Honestly, the jury's still out, but, but he's having himself an incredible season, so I can't knock him right now. Um, there was just a lot that... like I mean, I saw something today that the Winston-Salem Dash lost in the playoffs. Both them and Kannapolis lost their first playoff games, but that wasn't the most interesting thing I saw. 
What I saw was Nate Jones pitched for the Winston-Salem Dash in relief in a rehab start in a fucking playoff game, which I thought was gnarly. He pitched an inning and gave up. He, I don't think he gave up any runs. He gave up a hit, but he got a strikeout. Um, is that another thing? Can we see Nate Jones again on the south side, or is the Nate Jones experiment kind of done, and we're are we never going to see Nate Jones on the south side again? Do you want to see Nate Jones on the south side again? I mean, that's... No, I would much rather see guys that we're seeing now, like, you know, Ryan Burr. You know, we're going to see Tiago Viara. We're also seeing other guys like Ian Hamilton, who we're probably going to be seeing for the distant future from what it seems. So Yeah, those guys seem I like would... they'll be they'll be around for, for a while. Uh, they're cost-controlled guys. So, you know, if you could fill your bullpen with cheap talent, why not? Exactly. So it's 11.50 now. Uh, we're kind of waiting for Herb to get off work so we can bring him on. He's going to be out of the studio there at about midnight, he said. So we'll probably give him about like 10, 15 more minutes before we call him up. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on, Tony, before we get into talking with Herb? You know what, John? It seems like it's an appropriate time for me to go grab that pizza that's in the oven. Uh, let it cook a little bit. Probably no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's good. It's it's good now. It's it's pan, so it's kind of deep dish. Needed a little bit of extra time. Uh, I'm gonna grab that pizza. We're gonna take a little break here. We'll get ready for Herb, and uh, when we get back, we're gonna talk some uh, some Eli Jimenez with Herb Lawrence. Sounds good to me, Tom. Uh, one last thing that we want to talk about before we bring our guest Herb Lawrence on is going to be. We finally got approved for our t-shirt gig that we've been working on and talking to you guys about for like at least five episodes dating back that we we got t-shirts coming for you. We got t-shirts coming for you. We sound like a broken record. We do. And finally, the record is going to start spinning because our t-shirts are going to hit the market either, you said either this week or early next week, correct, Tony? Yep. It sounds like uh, there's a chance we might... Get them up by this weekend. Uh, I'm not sure if all the, the the designs that we want will be available right away, uh, but we should have something in there this weekend. If not, probably early next week at the latest. We'll get pricing information out for everybody very shortly. Uh, we just submitted our design to where it needs to be. And uh, once, once it gets actually printed and all that other stuff, we're going to have links uh up on our twitter page uh or visit the website that the t-shirts will be on and and actually hit the purchase button so uh yeah that's actually very good news (laughs) i know there's a few people out there who's who've been asking yeah we're very excited about it we're gonna have a couple different designs in the future for now we're probably just gonna roll our basic design that tony and i wore to Barstool at the park, and then that we wore to Copac Day. That'll probably be the T-shirt that we offer for everybody to get first time around. So grab them while you can, people. Um, we're gonna do them uh, probably in white and black, I believe. Correct, Tony? Yep. And then hoping to get a long sleeve, and then obviously expand it as we go. But we're excited to get the ball rolling on it and finally get something out there for all of you guys to purchase as well. Yeah, one of the things that we've been trying to, like we said, uh, get going. Uh, it, it's had a few hiccups, but we're we're finally there. So we're at the last hurdle. Uh, we should have those out, like we said, very, very, very soon. Uh, days, not weeks, days. All right, that being said, let's go ahead and bring our guest Herb Lawrence on. Sounds good. Let's get him on. And we are here with Herb Lawrence, our guest here on episode 20 of Shy Sox Weekly. Herb, how are you doing today? Doing great, gentlemen. How are you guys feeling? Feeling good. Feeling great. We're doing just fine over here. Herb, uh, we we caught a wind of a few tweets that you were sending out, and there's one topic that we really want to jump right in with you, and that would be Eloy Jimenez and Eloy not getting called up. Um how are you feeling about that, Herb? I understand the reason why he didn't get called up. And I'm not naive enough to think that Rick Hahn could or would say the exact reason why he's not going to get called up. We all know. Service, service time uh, games they're playing, they are well within their rights to do it, and it's a smart business move to do it uh, for a baseball team. Theo did it. A lot of other people have done it. 
right now currently Toronto's doing it with uh, uh, Vlad Jr. But the only problem I have is Rick continuing to lie about what Eloy's uh, non-promotion is is about. First, it was, hey, he has to check off a couple more boxes and he'll be up. Before that was, hey, Eloy uh, and Michael Kopech, you know, sometimes those good ones will force the issue on a time of moving up, a promotion. So he said that in spring training. And then this time when he shut down everything and said that Eloy's not coming up this year, it's, you know, well, it's going to be tough for him to play three levels this year. And also we want his defense to get a little improved. We don't want him to be a DH. We're not grooming a DH. We're grooming a top-line elite slugger. That's garbage. Ryan Cordell is in the league currently. He has played in four leagues now. And I don't care how great Ryan Cordell's defense is. That man does not deserve a promotion this year. So if we're doing defense stuff, smooth. Just say that nothing. Actually, I, what I would prefer Rick Hahn to say is like, you know what, Eloy, you're great. You're not coming up. Just tell him that. You're not coming up. And when he addresses the media, Eloy Jimenez is not coming up. No further comment. Out. Don't need to lie to me. I just don't like the lying, the the treating me like a child that I don't know what you're doing. You don't have to spell it out. You don't have to uh, make up elaborate stories because if you're you, how is Eloy going to get better at defense if he's not playing baseball underneath your tutelage? He's going to go play in the, the Dominican uh, Fall League and Winter League. Cool, but those are people are not under your thumb. You can't tell them how how you would like Eloy to play defense. So the best way to improve Eloy's defense is to have him under your system. And Charlotte's season is over, so the only way you can go is to the major leagues and have him play the way you want him to play defense versus the people that you want him to play defense against for the next seven years. Now, he's going to go to spring training, February to March, and play like 12 games in Charlotte, and his defense is miraculously going to be great for the MLB garbage that's what i'm talking about he's lying to us for no reason just say eloy's not coming up that's it he's the boss i don't need you to lie to me that's that's why i was pissed so herb um and i'm sure you saw this kind of writing on the wall as as most Sox fans did so i want to backtrack a little bit and go back to um Eloy's article in the Players' Tribune where he says that he's ready. Um, And then shortly after that, you get some news breaking that Eloy's agents might file a grievance against the Chicago White Sox uh, in in regards to them not bringing him up. And then we we get Rick Hahn's phony speech about why. Do you think that the potential grievance has anything to do with why Rick Hahn, uh, you know, referenced his defense or anything like that within that and didn't just come out and say, Eloy's not coming up. This is, you know, uh, a decision that we've made. That's it. Or do you think that they're trying to just protect themselves and, and kind of backpedaling because they didn't expect that kind of pressure from the Eloy camp? I think, uh, when, when Eloy wrote that article in the Players' Tribune and also the the agents doing the we might file a grievance type of thing, that was a good offensive play by those guys. It's showing that they know the game, and if you're going to do this to my guy, I'm going to get in front of it and say to you that we know that you know that you're playing a game, and we're ready to go. And we already know that Chris Bryant's got a filed grievance, and it hasn't been settled yet. So we're going to play some offense against you guys, even though you can do what you're doing to my client, uh, and it's well within your rights to do it. We're not going to just sit sit and let that settle and uh, take this down, uh, sitting down. So Rick was caught off guard by Eloy first writing that article, and then the the talk about filing a grievance. So he had to say something. Um, to, some, to some effect, but I wish he would just 
had a cooler head and just said, this is why, this is why we're not, this is why we're doing it, but this is what's happening. I don't need to answer your questions, media. And I will not uh, dignify the agents of Eloy Jimenez or Eloy for writing that article with a answer. Because now it seems like, like you said, it maybe he spilled too much stuff and he bringing up phony stuff about the defense and he needs more seasoning and more development where everybody knows that Eloy Jimenez is ready to go. Everybody knows. I mean, you don't really hear the same type of fervor from the Toronto crowd. I've been looking for articles about Blue Jays fans getting pissed that Vlad Jr. is not up on their major league squad. I don't hear all that stuff. No, I don't hear that either. I've, and, I actually and, did the and, same thing. And he's a like the number one prospect in baseball. So I think the White Sox loose lips have caused this fervor. This caused this this whole thing to get up to a uh, fever pitch and while, how White Sox fans are mad. Because <laughs> we understand the game. We understand what's going on. And and frankly, I'm mad because of the lying. I would love Eloy up. I know why they're not bringing him up. Seven is greater than six. But also, they said if a guy is ready, he'll be brought up. We won't be playing games with them. And then they made the, the reference of Kopech and um, Yohan Mankata to be brought up when they're, uh, when they're ready. And some would say that Yohan Mankata wasn't ready to be brought up. He wasn't killing AAA. His strikeout rate was in the 30s, uh, 30%. And so he's, he's playing games, and he's talking way too loose with why he's doing things instead of just being a boss that he is and just saying – I'm doing this, now what? Shut up, everybody else. I wish he would just say that, and I would shut the hell up, too, if he said that. I would have respect for my uh, GM if he said that. That's true, and, and you do bring up Michael Kopech, and I've got a question for you, Herb. Why didn't they make the same move, in your opinion, with Michael Kopech that they did with Eloy? Because I have my theory on that, um, and that's that Michael Kopech call-up is basically a cover for, again, the White Sox trying to play defense and say that, that uh, they, they're they not playing service time games with Eloy. Um, but I, I'm just interested and curious to hear what you have to say about that because if you're going to do this with one guy, why not do it with both of them uh, at, at this point in time? And it's not like, you know, after, after all the, the fanfare and everything is all said and done with Michael Kopech so far, uh, we really haven't even gotten to see any valuable time out of him so far uh, outside of his one start in Detroit. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just kind of curious why they didn't, why they didn't just leave Kopech down till April 15th next year. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you. You have said it perfectly. They did this. So you can't say that they're doing it to both the guys. Hey, see, look at Michael Kopech's pitching. And also they can, I mean, in their, their thinking is pitchers are more volatile than hitters, so if we bring him up for six years and we get six full years out of him, we thank our lucky stars. It it's more of a uh, it's more of a be- it's a better move if we bring a pitcher up before we bring a hitter up for the six years instead of the seven because we don't know what we're going to get health wise from a pitcher. While we know if Eli Eloy Jimenez is 100 percent healthy, he's going to be doing great things. Um, as far as why he did it uh, otherwise than covering themselves, I think Michael Kopech was ready. I definitely think he was ready. Um, I'm not sure on the innings limit he has right now or how many innings he's pitched and what they want him to do uh, to get to a certain number and then shut him down. But these couple, um, what, three rain, rainouts or two rainouts and then today's uh, delayed game, which I think they should not have brought him back out after it was rained out. I thought they should have started that game after that first rain delay happened. Like they should have waited until 8 o'clock started and then had Michael come out fresh instead of throwing an inning, two innings, and then going to sit down for 40 minutes and then coming back on the mound. And that's why I think that he struggled tonight. But um, hopefully they have a plan to shut him down after a while because he's throwing a lot of innings this year. And I don't think his arm or his back or uh, all this uh, extra innings for this team that's not doing anything is going to do a lot for his development. Hopefully they have, like, I don't look up his numbers right now while I'm uh, talking to you guys. 
they have a number in mind. He hits him, and then he settles down and goes away. And then they say, "Hey, what'd you learn?" And he takes that into the off season and starts off new in 2019. Yeah, I was talking about that a little bit earlier. That they might even have some sort of inning limit on him. That no, obviously we don't know about. That could kind of limit his season uh, before. Uh, I think he has seven possible remaining starts or six because I tried to look it up earlier because we were talking about it. I think it's six. So who's to say that he even makes all six of those remaining starts? You know what I'm saying? uh, He might get to a point where they shut him down after four of those starts if he goes deep into all those starts. I don't know how many innings he's at, so whenever you pull it up, let me know. But I could see them shutting – shut – when did they shut Dylan Cease down? He was at, like, what, right around, like, 160 innings, right? Yeah, right now I see 126 in Charlotte and 11 with the White Sox, what, three today? So 14 total um, there, so 140 innings so far. So, yeah, they'll probably not let him go past 180. No shot, so I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, it's good to get him up and get this seasoning. Like I said with Eloy, Learn what you need to work on in the off season. Feel what Major League Baseball is about, the travel, uh, the players in your division, what you need to do to get them out. Um, and then feel good about actually working in AAA and then getting rewarded for having a stellar season and coming up to the big club and doing exactly what you dreamt of doing for, the, for, the, for your life. So this is good for Michael Kopech. And I thought it would be good for Eloy and the rest of the organization down the line. You look at guys like Rutherford or guys like uh, Michael Rodolfo, even though he's not playing, those guys would have been like, you know what? If I OPS almost 1,000 in AAA, maybe they'll bring me up. But now they're like, man, if I OPS 1,000, I can't even get up. I'm Michael Rodolfo. I'm OPSing like 900. Are you kidding me? I got to work harder than that? I got to be better than that? It just sends a bad message to those people. sends a bad message to potential free agents. Like, oh, you're not going to be on international sign-ins. Like, oh, you're not going to uh, sell out the, uh, have your best players on your team. You're not going to be giving money to people who are, who are ready for it. So maybe if you're on the cheap, I'm on the other side. I'm out, guys. Because I see yeah, how you're treating your biggest, your biggest uh, star and your best player in your organization bar none. Yeah, what do you think that uh, Eloy and Luis Robert have had a conversation about over the past few weeks? That's got to be kind of oh, scary. Yeah, I mean, I know they have the right to send him down, but we saw in the article that man was begging to come up, begging to come up to the majors. It was like, what, mi- middle of August? Just like, hey, you know There's already, let's go. Two weeks, two weeks left in the season, probably somewhat – Somehow caught wind that the Sox were pretty much thinking about not calling him up, and that was pretty much his last hope. Yeah, and so he wants to come up. I don't think he wants to come up just so he can get a free agency in 2024 at the 2024 season. I think he wants to come up because he knows he's this garbage in AAA is not for him. He's murdering that stuff. To, he's getting on base at 40%. He's almost slugging 600. It's just like this is not a challenge for me. I need another challenge. Bring me up to the majors. Let me see what I can do up there. Now, as agents, definitely want him up this year because that starts that clock. Eloy, I don't think, cares about any of that. He cares about dominating, and that's what I love about the kid. He, like that article he wrote in the Players' Tribune got me hyped that he wants to be the best, and I feel for the kid that he's not going to come up until next year. They're going to play some games with him. He's going to be up on April 15th and act like, oh, yeah, Ryan Cordell beat him out for the job, guys. You know, you got to have Ryan Cordell on this team. That's my man. So that, I, I, I just don't want Rick Hahn to lie to me then. Just tell me nothing. Eloy's not breaking, breaking camp with the team. Bye. That's it. Yeah, well, he, if, if Rick Hahn's smart, he can go into, you know, Sox Fest and, and spring training and just say, Eloy will not break camp with the team. Otherwise, we're all going to get to sit and watch Eloy slug better than everybody else that's on that current roster in spring training games and then not get called up. Uh, You're right. I I do agree with you. There needs to be some sort of honesty for the fans, the people who are buying tickets and going to these baseball games, uh, because 
it would be completely pointless for them to have Eloy Jimenez on the roster opening day. And we all know that. If you're smart, you know that there is no benefit to having him on that roster opening day if you've held out this long. So you're right. It, it, it comes down to honesty. Yeah, if they, if they actually break camp with Eloy Jimenez, I'll be even more furious. I'll be like, you could have waited the 12 days. We would have been fine with that. But you did this, and he's going to break camp with the team, so you get the same amount of year, same amount of years as you get if you would have brought him up last August or September. Mm. Yeah, if you're going to do all this, go all the way. Let them file that grievance, and let them settle that thing three, four years down the line. Or maybe in 2021, when it's supposed to be some labor strife, they can have Eloy and his com- compadres um, get a little quicker uh, free agency, or they can be uh, different different rules for those guys. Hopefully, they can be grandfathered in for the Sox case to the old rules, so Eloy will still stay with the team until 2025. But there's going to be some labor strife up against this stuff because these guys, Eloy, Vlad Jr., didn't sign this deal. They weren't even thought about when this deal was signed uh, for the CBA. But I guarantee you in 2021, when they're pros, they're going to be like, hey, I don't want this to happen to people who are down there in the minor leagues. So we need to find a way to figure out this service time thing. We need to find a way to figure out free agency. Maybe some bird rights would be like the NBA does, where you could sign with your home team a little bit more than you could sign with a team on the, um, that you're going to sign free agency. So that would be enticing to have your homegrown products to stay at home after they hit free agency. Maybe they can work on those things to make this a better deal. But uh, Eloy and Kopech and Vlad and all these guys by 2021 will definitely be fighting for some change to the CBA because it's not done right for the, for the owners and it's not done right for the players. It's us talking about this for, what, the last 30 minutes? And I'm being furious for the last three weeks. It's garbage. We need to have the best players up at the highest position. Every other sport has their best players up when they're ready to go. Football, uh, NBA, hockey, all have their best players up when they're ready to go. No games are played. Just play ball. And if Eloy would have signed a, a contract like we're hearing, like a, a arbitration-eating uh, contract, like they did with Tim Anderson, like they did with Sale, like they did with Quintana, he would already be up. So we already know the game. We need to change it. We agree with you 100%. We echo you over here on Shy Sox Weekly, and that was pretty much the main reason that we wanted to have you on. I actually, you had tweeted out, I think it was this morning. No, it was last night. Uh, you said, so glad the Sox are rewarding Ryan Cordell with this call-up. He has battled through three levels of the minors to make his Major League debut this season. Slash, not, slash line is top-notch this season, too. 246, 286, 374 with an OPS of 661. This organization is consistent when giving promotions. So obviously being 100% sarcastic and... You know, you echoed, like I just said, what everybody over here is trying to say. And just that, that's what I was so mad about is the, like, you're not going to reward the guy for literally working his ass off all season to get to that point, to get into a position to have, like you said, a 1,000 OPS. And, like, anything in that situation, you should be calling that player up. I believe uh, I saw today that the Padres called Francisco Mejia up. Yep. So, yeah, and you're going to keep seeing all these other prospects that are getting called up. The other thing with the Vlad Guerrero Jr. thing is, is I think he's two years younger than Eloy. I believe Vlad Jr. Okay. is only 19. He so is. that's another thing that I was I don't think that they're too worried about either. Um, you don't see too many teenagers really ripping through the MLB. Juan Soto being a slight exception this year, and then like obviously like Bryce Harper dating back, but that's not really something that you see in this new age with the minor leagues and kind of years of control and super twos and getting past all these deadlines. And I think that kind of ruins these guys' um, kind of paths to getting to the major leagues. So I don't know. I've i I would have liked to see Charlotte get in the playoffs i don't think this would have been as big of a deal as if if charlotte was still playing games right now 
It's only yeah. a big deal to me right now because his season's literally over and the White Sox are still playing. He could be playing right now. Yeah, I don't know what, how he's going to develop into this outfield they want him to be in Arizona, which is really hard, the high sky in uh, March, and in Dominican Republic. I, if you're going to tell me that you need more development, development is right here, 20-some games left in the season. White Sox playing the Tigers, White Sox playing uh, teams right here in the division pretty much for the rest of the year. Let's go. Show, Give them a taste. Give the kid a taste. Give the rest of the division a taste of what they're going to be seeing for the next seven years at least. But you know, what, can, what can we do? The White Sox have their plan, and and I wholeheartedly agree with the actual plan of being seven greater than six. But also, like Rick said, sometimes the great ones push the limit. And if this is not pushing the limit or this is not forcing the issue, I don't know what is. Because I haven't seen a White Sox hitter do what he's doing in all levels. I don't know when the last time I, I'm – I don't remember Frank Thomas in the minors. I remember him playing majors. Carlos Lee killed in the minors. Uh, who else? Uh, Jeff Abbott. But I don't think they did to the, to this level, and they weren't 22 when they were doing it. Exciting stuff here with Herb Lawrence from 670, the score. You got anything else you want to talk with uh, Herb about before you let him go, Tony? Yeah, I, I wanted to get into a few other things. Uh, Herb... Uh, how have you felt about Michael Kopech uh, in his short stint here? I, I know you touched on it a little bit and having him up here in the development, but how, how do you feel that his stuff has played so far at the major league level? I think that he is a top-line starter, and he's showing everybody with the movement that he has, the velocity that he has, he's, uh, he's uh, that he is that top-line starter. Today, I think it was an anomaly like I said before, he came out after 40 minutes of sitting down after the rain delay. He pitched well in that first inning, and then the second inning he came out, he was done. He was hanging pitches to Mikey Matuk and garbage like that. I forgot who else hit the home run. Jimer Candelario hit a home run initially, too. So um, he just lost it. And when he once he lost it, I think he, he was like, F it. I think he gave up three home runs in that inning, and he was just like, done. And I don't think that was a representation of what he will bring to the league. If you saw uh, Rob Freeman, if you follow him, he's the pitching ninja on Twitter. He has, like, the breakdowns of pitches, and he shows yeah. the movement and the speed. And he had a two-seamer that he threw to Victor Martinez, who, so as all of us know, is a White Sox tormentor for his career. He threw a two-seamer that started in the middle of the plate and just, like, went straight right right outside the uh, strike zone, and Victor Martinez just whiffed at it, 93 miles per hour, two-seamer. I was like, filthy. People in the league shaking their heads, don't want to face Michael Kopech because he still kind of hasn't honed his control, and so he's wild a little bit. And I think the last start, he was hitting a lot of people or getting a lot of people uh, up and in. So it's not a comfortable bat for these people when they see Michael Kopech because they know he can bring that high 90s fastball and he has the filthy slider two-seam movement, change-up he's developing. I just think the kid is going to be a stud. I can't wait till he's shut down for this year. He's healthy. He goes in the offseason, and he's the beast that he is in the offseason program because you can tell he's a workout hero and gets ready for the 2019 season because him, Giolito, Lopez, you start getting hyped up about these guys. They're just the top-line starters you can see coming next. And then you got Dylan Cease about a year away, hopefully Dane Dunning. Man, it just gives me goosebumps thinking about that starting line rotation. And I'm leaving a guy out. I forgot who else I'm leaving out, not James Shields. Maybe uh, Alec Hansen. It might be Alec Hansen. Yeah, Alec Hansen. I'm just thinking of the guy on the starting uh, rotation right now other Reynaldo than James Lopez. Shields. Renaldo Lopez. And then I said uh, – Ah, never mind. But they're all pitching well except for the last start by Giolito. It feels good that they're all doing uh, what we expected them to do at these late stages. So in August, they were all filthy, um, and we can all continue. Like They seem like they're competing against each other. They're feeding off one another. Okay, you're going to throw six innings of two-hit ball? Cool. I'm going out and doing the same, but I'm going to throw one hitter. Cool. Next guy wants to battle. And I feel that they're all going to grow up together, and they're all going to dominate together. And hopefully, Dylan Cease, it doesn't seem like he's too far away from the league, too. He can come up next year 
and dominate with these young bucks too. And going to have a top line, top line uh, start starting rotation by 2020, hopefully. Yeah, Dylan Cease is an interesting name that you bring up. Um, I've seen a lot of um, kind of interesting pieces that his progression path is essentially the same that Kopex has been. So you can expect to see him by like at least September call-ups next year. Oh, I left that Rodan for some reason, but you know, filthy. We always we yeah. always seem to. <laughs> Tony did yeah, like I mean, last week too. Yeah, he's he's pitched like half the season, and he's already the highest uh, F four on the team out of anybody. So that guy looks like a top of the rotation guy. So four, maybe five, top of the rotation guys. I mean, if you, I think. If I was being honest, I think Giolito's more of a three, four, five because of his inconsistency, but with his stuff is top of the rotation stuff. So Rodon, Lopez, Giolito, Kopek, and then you bring Dylan Cisan, you said he's on the same track as Kopek. Man, he killed in August, didn't he? Wasn't he like the uh, White Sox organization pitcher of the month? Yeah. For August? So, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's just exciting. Yeah, that rotation is going to be something to be, you know, mess with. And then there's also the possibility that they go out and, and sign a free agent starter to, to kind of even shore all that up, maybe a veteran presence. Uh, I don't know if I advocate for that as much as some other Sox fans do. I think that there's a lot of stuff in-house that they can play with. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, I mean, pitching depth as at, at in the starting rotation, you can look across to the north side and see. You can never really have too much of that. Um, but, yeah, uh, th- there is definitely ace potential, at, at least three or four of these guys. Um, and if that all comes together, like you said, that that's that's goosebumps. Uh, John, did you have anything else you wanted to ask her before we let him go? I know it's getting kind of late here for everybody. No, that was pretty much it. We wanted to thank you again for coming on on such short notice, Herb. Um, we appreciate it, man. No problem. Thank you guys for calling me. And, yeah, I'm an uh, excited White Sox fan, also angry. But uh, I still believe the the path and the rebuild is on track, and we're doing good things. So uh, I'm going to be volatile sometimes and pissed off sometimes, but know that I'm always looking forward to the, when the White Sox are at the top of the league and having success year in, year out, in the playoffs year in, year out, and giving them a chance to win the World Series every year. Well, Herb, we'll be checking in with you uh, through that journey, and uh, we hope you uh, stay safe and keep keep coming on Shy Sacks Weekly. We enjoy having you. Thank you, gentlemen. Of course, have a good night, Herb. That was Herb Lords from 670 The Score on Shy Sacks Weekly for his second appearance. Uh, episode 20 so far, John, uh, we've, we've covered a lot of ground. Um, we talked Eloy, we've talked about what's going on lately with the White Sox. One of the other things we haven't really gotten to is uh, the Sox have played a pretty decent stretch of baseball over the past two weeks, uh, three weeks. And one of the guys who you would expect to be a key contributor to all that, uh, he's probably the most uh, developed and, and you know battle-tested White Sox player, would be Jose Abreu. Uh, he's been down for a significant amount of time with uh, an injury that we wish upon no one. John, do you know what he's down with? A little testicular trojan there, Tone. A testicular trojan. Is that how you pronounce it? I have no idea. You have no idea. Well, uh, nonetheless, it sounds like one of the most painful injuries that uh, that you can experience. John, what's Anything the most painful? Anything that starts with testicular is yep. like, I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Trojan, I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure. Testicular Trojan. I think it's like T-R-O-S-I-O-N. We'll get a pronunciation on it. So whether or not you pronounce it correct or not, uh, we'll we'll just keep moving on. Uh, Jose Abreu due back in about 5 to 10 days. Uh, I'm wondering why they don't just shut him down for the rest of the year. Uh, right. Not really like he, he really needs to contribute anything. I think we know what we're going to get out of Jose Abreu next year. Um, there's going to be a few more episodes of Shy Sox Weekly before the season wraps up. We're already in September. Uh, God, how this year has flown. Um, John, I mean, any thoughts on, on how fast this year's gone by? 
It's ridiculous, man. We're already in college football season. The NFL starts this weekend, so all that Bears talk's finally coming to fruition. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, not too much. We got the t-shirts finally hitting the line this week before our next podcast, hopefully. So try and buy t-shirts for the whole family if you can. Buy t-shirts for the whole family. Uh, it's getting late. It's 1 a.m. We hope Overall's guy has made it home at this point in time. Uh, he probably hasn't. Uh, overall's but, guy might not have a home. Overall's guy might not have a home. Uh, John, let's not be mean. He definitely has a home. Uh, he's welcome at your place anytime. Uh, 100%. Come on through, Overall's guy. Overall's guy, we're going to try and get him, like we said. We're going to try and figure out who this guy is. Uh, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, but we can try. All right, John, I don't have anything else to talk about tonight. I don't know if you do, but I'm ready to close this out. Yeah, I think we're good. Until next time, everybody, let's go White Sox. Let's go White Sox.